0: So you love action, you love horror, and you love an imagination that takes you on a visual journey. Look no further and check out Freak Productions. Freak Productions is the brainchild of Jesse Drackman, author, writer, podcaster, children's author. Go to www.freekproductions.com and check out the wonderful works of Freak Productions. Including the comic book series Frankenstein, Furious, the upcoming debut manga Damien, as well as the debut children's book Fly Bat Fly, including the novel titles A Furious Trilogy, as well as Frankenstein. It's all there for you to check out and more. Support Freak Productions, support independent creative arts, and have a great day.
1: And a freaky
0: Friday to you, sir.
2: And also to you, my son.
0: <laughs> Why? Thank you. Be careful what you wish for.
1: <laughs> How the fuck are you, man?
2: Oh, dude! Fucking hell! When, when, what? What 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 planet are we on? What? day is this? When are we I recording? Don't know. Fucking you're it's... fresh. You're fresh from Notfest.
1: Oh, bro, I'm fresh from
2: notfest but I'm not fresh. <laughs> I uh, hey, to, be fair, to be fair, brother, it's uh, still a Brisbane summer, so no one's particularly fresh. <laughs> yeah. I reckon this whole city smells like prison ass. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that's
1: one of the best analogies I've ever heard of this oh, uh, fine city.
2: <laughs> man, it's, fucking, it's meant to be like fucking autumn, and it's still fucking balls hot. Like, it's, like, it's as humid Mate. as Satan's nutsack.
1: It really is. Hey, you know, speaking of not first, let me
2: tell you. I thought you were going to say, speaking of nutsacks.
1: <laughs> well, it kind of rhymes in the same category. It was hot. It was as hot as a nutsack by the end of the show because you walk around, like, you know, when you're packing up the stage, man, you see some shit at the end of the show. When, it, when all the bodies have left the, the venue, man, there was like, I'm not saying a small pile, no. Because there's a cleaning crew that assembles all the rubbish and litter. Man, there was like a fucking small river of rubbish. And not just rubbish, rubbish. We're talking hats, bags, shoes. Like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) Like, there was at least 20 or 30 pairs of shoes in there. I I swear to God. (laughs)
2: But it was a... you got you got to wonder, like the people like that have lost those, Cause right. I, I always do you, do. you ever have that thing, like you know, you like you're going down the freeway occasionally, and you'll just see like a random shoe. Yeah, yeah. And I, I always think like, oh, someone's been fucking clipped. Like this is, <laughs> this is some I know what you did last summer? Shit, like there's, there's yeah. some poor fucker out there, like it's been dumped in a river. He's he's missing a Reebok. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's going to come back for revenge. <laughs>
0: That's
1: kind of a nice segue into this week's film, isn't it? It
2: <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. Hey, we, we've, got a, we've, got a, we've got a fucking way cool 30th anniversary to, uh, oh. to discuss as well. Do we what, mate? Do we what? Do you, do you want to kick it off?
1: Oh, you, you can mention it and then I'll gush. <laughs> well, I mean, it's no secret if you've been listening to the show, and God help you, <laughs> we can't believe you
2: listen to the show for a start. But some you know, of- <laughs> l- l- Disclaimer. Uh, Jesse has had a very, very big weekend and I've had a very, very, uh, brain draining day at work. So this, this episode could get a little crazy if you, um, if you haven't worked that out yet from the references to prison arse and, you know, dude's missing Rebox coming back from revenge, you know, it's, 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 anything can happen.
1: I'll tell you what about this, the smell and the heat that came off that rubbish pile was Else, man, and I was up high on the stage, so yeah,
2: fucking oh, crazy. Dude. I mean, fucking hell, the, the the updraft from a fucking shoe that's been at a festival. Oh, dude, you you remember? It was like, man, fuck you. You go to a festival, you get home and take your shoes off, and it's just like, fuck.
1: Actually, do you do you want a quick book report on this week's um? little excursion to first before yes, we get into yes, our yes. anniversary. Okay, since, cool. Since
2: we're, we're, we're about to dive into music related stuff anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, Give me the highlights. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a long weekend.
2: In a <laughs> hundred words or less, tell, tell, tell the class about your weekend.
1: Okay. So, the life of a roadie in, in summary and short, 15-hour days on your feet. Um, you might get a 10-minute break if you're lucky. But um, the rest of the time, we're just building all this shit. In summary, it was a combination of rain the day before. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of rain. Trucks got held up from Sydney. Um, so our production setup was delayed till, fuck, I think we were there till 4 a.m. But the show itself was fucking great the next day, dude. Um, highlights, um, well, doing what I do. Getting to build the drum kit for Megadeth, that was pretty fucking cool. I saw
2: that. That was that was fucking rad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I mean, it I, was I it was cool. Moment. I was like, that hey, my mate touched Megadeth's drums.
1: Oh mate, I didn't just touch it. I was building it with Ronnie, then Drum Tech, um, who who, funnily enough, I'm looking at his Pelican case. That's uh, it's it's a like a suitcase for for technicians anyway um he's got like fucking cat house uh stickers on it he's got ministry stickers and i spotted the ministry i went ronnie tell me you have not and he goes i have i went you son of a bitch well i'm not surprised (laughs) so my dear friend my new friend ronnie had uh you know drum tech for many years for uncle al um well for the drummers for uh he worked with Joey Jordison uh, when Joey played in Ministry for a time. Roy Maelga, who also drums in Soulfly and Stone Sour and everybody else. Um, yeah, but I, it was just, look, long story short, it was great just to work with. I love working with the technicians um, for these bands because they quite often have fascinating stories to tell. Um, Slipknot's production manager. Was a bu- was a brilliant Italian dude, um, Garner. His name was, who'd been doing this job for thirty eight years. And,
2: oh, hell!
1: Yeah, and not just working for Slipknot. He was working for, he's worked for everybody. Um, his duffel bag has Metallica crew, whatever year it was on the back. So I kind of went, <laughs> oh, this this guy's legit. Um, he rattled off a few names, but when he said Bowie, I just went, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's stop right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Spill the beans. <laughs> That's kind of that stoper it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, let's oh, I this. Like, uh, yeah, David what fuck everyone else. Uh sorry. You said David Bowie, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, these guys, dude, they they got interesting jobs. They see the kind of shit that nobody gets to see, man, and they get to experience it all firsthand and it's cool and um, I got to say, man, yeah, in summary, it was a brilliant weekend. It was a hardworking weekend, but working for Slipknot, Megadeth, Parkway Drive, you know, it, it was great, man. Yeah, it was, that's pretty
2: fucking rad, man. Yeah, and
1: it, it was just great to see people in force, having a good time, enjoying music. Yeah. Thumbs yeah, up. Yeah,
2: that's, that's, that's rad.
1: Yeah, thumbs up. And uh, I got to see Uncle Dave Mustaine walk off stage. Um I thought it was the emperor from Return of the Jedi at one point. <laughs> Cuz he came out in like this white cloak. Um reminiscent of a certain emperor Palpatine. <laughs> and and his his face was this ghastly glowing white and I was like Emperor but it was Dave. I was like, whoa.
2: Dave's always been very translucent. Like I remember even back in the eighties, like Dave, was very white. He's very, oh, he's very white.
1: Yeah. 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 He likes to drop a red but Yeah. Interesting. But, um, oh, look, man, it was was great. Great mix of metal in flames. Fantastic. I'm on a math, brought the Viking. Um, yeah, it was just, Good and Slipknot, man. They just they just showed why they're that fucking good. So yeah, that's rad.
2: Yeah, you know what else is rad? What's what? What else? Uh, a great many things are rad. I know. Well, freaky good
1: is Depeche Mode. And before we get into what we're about to talk about, real quick, I just want to say. I don't know about you, the rest of the universe here in Australia, and sorry to our friends in Kazakhstan who are going, Who is this Depeche mode? <laughs> I only know mo-
2: one mode of transport, that is my goat. It's probably thinking that we're talking about their neighbor, Depeche. <laughs> Depeche, <laughs> they're talking about your show. Maybe it is a brand of sanitizer.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, Depeche mode. I've, and now, there is a
2: rumour of an Australian tour coming. Oh, it's not a rumour. It's happening. I'm fucking there with bells on because it's been... Uh, what? Fucking 94 was the last time they were here, I think. Something They've been here like before? There. Wow. Yeah, the, uh, only once. Um, okay. And um,
1: Bro, if well, you're not
2: wearing bells, oh, fucking
1: you're dude, in big trouble dude, like, there
2: is no <laughs> fucking way on this earth I am missing a Depeche Mode <laughs> gig like I will kill everyone in <laughs> uh, to get there and their mom. <laughs> like, it's gonna be like
1: <laughs> <laughs> you've heard of Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe <laughs> it's Jake kills everyone
2: <laughs> Jake Jake kills every fucking jabroni in his way to fucking tick attack yeah <laughs> Oh fuck! So,
1: bro, I mean, the, I mean, the new material that's come out is
2: phenomenal. Well, I already. mean, yeah, Ghost Ghosts Again was a fucking ripper of a fucking heartfelt. first single. Like, yeah, um, a heartfelt tribute to Andy was. It Andy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all kinds of in love with, I mean, look, I love this era of Depeche mode, man. I mean, always loved Depeche, but yeah, this is particularly good. They're
2: darker. They're just, I don't know.
1: Dave, Dave fine yeah, is like you,
2: fine wine. Yeah, Dave. Dave was like, you know, right in the grips of his heroin addiction, and we we all know that that's always a good thing for musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want oh. a list, kids? We'll give you a list. It's like no, 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 no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Downward yeah. spiral, heroin. <laughs> Dude, a pot, I was thinking that exact same thing. But I could- uh, it's the 30th anniversary of uh, Songs of Faith and Devotion, which is without a doubt one of Depeche Mode's greatest albums. Um, absolutely, just fucking tits to teeth like, brilliant!
1: Like, yeah. it really is. It's, it's a special kind of album. Um, yeah, the, the music just got, I don't know, just darker and, and more provocative in many ways.
2: It's, um, it's just, it's a great fucking banger of like, a. I, I, the, the, the best way to phrase this album is it, it is a spectacularly good album to fuck to. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, kids. You've heard it from Jake. (laughs) You you may want to send the children out of the room as I relay this story. But um, I have a special place in my heart for this album because I uh, hooked up with this incredibly hot goth chick once. Mm. And this album was just on repeat all night. (laughs) It's like look i mean most depeche mode is pretty good to you know get your groove on but get the this groove on like, <laughs> <whoa. laughs> like
1: i mean songs like mercy and you just really poof, oh, man
2: in your in, uh, in your room like my, my three favorite tracks of this album are easily i feel you walking in my shoes and in your room like yeah it's like yeah if <laughs> you were going to give someone a sampler, it's just like, listen to these three tracks. And then the rest yeah. of the album is just as fucking good. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. What I love about this album, too, is I really, I mean, it's no secret. I mean, you know, well, fuck, who isn't a fan of David Gahan's voice? But on this album in particular, I just love, I don't know, maybe it's just the singer in me. But I really picked up on the raw, natural feel to his vocals in
2: this album. This album's this really like I feel like, I mean, especially like you know, a track like uh, "Walking in My Shoes." I really feel like that's Dave's. Like that song to me, every time I feel, every, every time I hear it, like it, it hits different depending on where you are in life. But I've always sure. felt that song is very much a Dave going, "Fuck you, don't judge me." yeah like and his vocals in that song in particular are really just raw and heartfelt and just like you know it's like oh i'm just going to scrape the bottom of my fucking soul to belt this one out you know well it was a challenging album for them dude cuz it well, it it's... really tore the band apart. From well, like, exactly. Like from what I mean, because Flood produced it, and I mean, you know, we we oh, all know Flood, Flood from you know the, the dudes like worked with like <laughs> everybody and fucking everyone. Um, yeah, like one of the greatest producers in the biz. Um, and he sort of pretty much said like, you know, it was a really difficult album to do. Mm. Yeah. Well, because I mean, you know, Depeche Mode is a band that's
1: I mean, he, he came off the back of recording U2's U2's Akhtung Baby, right? Mm. Which is, you know, fucking rock and roll masterpiece. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And, um, yeah. I mean, for these with Depeche Mode, it's a different ball game because they're, they're heavy on synthesizers. Mm. So recording like any form of electronica like that, um, it, it, it is quite the challenge in itself. And, Mm. um, yeah, like I don't know, man. There, there, there's just there's something about this album that I found a little bit different to their other albums,
2: this, man. I, it's like, and you'll probably you'll probably agree with me when I say this. Mm. This album is like an industrial gospel album. That's kind of where my my head is with this album. It's
1: dark. I mean, look, yeah it's appropriate that this is on a freaky Friday episode. Cause
2: it's a dark album. Oh, it is, man. It's really dark. Mm. Um, like, yeah.
1: I mean, they, they, yeah. They, these guys are a goth wet dream dude. That, you know, it's, um, they kind of on the, the, the smooth scale of the industrial spectrum, you know, the goth, the goth wave. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, their, their secret weapon is Dave Gahan, man, in my opinion, dude. dude.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, anyone, anyone who wants to uh, – like, Dave is one of the top Best. ten front men, top five probably of Yeah, all I was going to say top five. Like, yep. I mean, I – look, just go and fucking watch a Depeche Mode concert fucking any any of them and yeah. the dude just fucking serves it like mm. like nobody else
1: and it's considerably apparent on this album because it's just such a challenging album because the band, you know, like without getting into all technical and facts and figures on this one, I mean, it was recorded uh, 93, I think it was this album yep. and yeah. And the, like you said earlier, Jake, the tension in the band was hard. It was, it was at an all time high. Dave was in the throes of his drug addiction, you know. So well, he, was he, was, just, he
2: was sort of trying to get out, if, if I remember correctly. He was trying if, to if if get I out of it. My my Depeche mode one hundred and one. This was about the time where he was trying to get clean. Um, yeah, and yeah, sort of from from what Martin Gores said, like. Dave sort of wasn't there for a lot of this album. Um <laughs> Dave's yeah. not here, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dave's not <laughs> here, man. <laughs> yeah. Um like, you know, he was sort of like struggling with his heroin addiction and stuff like that and yeah, it was it was very challenging from all Yeah. Time. But, you know, sometimes like that kind of tension
1: and that kind of challenge proves, you know, it the proof is in the pudding. Like the the album that they came out with is a fucking bonafide
2: masterpiece. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like, it's, you listen to this album, it's like, oh, oh, that's Depeche Mode when they're having trouble. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, right. <laughs> what the fuck are they going to bring you when they're firing on all cylinders? And it's like, you know, hey, like a lot of the rest of their discography, which is just fucking spectacular as well. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, this album was like, this was kind of the album that really got me into them, uh, to be perfectly honest, because... Right, spent, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, well, see, I sort of... I spent a lot of my teens, like... You know how you spend, like, some of your teen years, like, you know, your 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 music is, like, your 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 coat of armour. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm into this band, and that makes me fucking cool, and yeah, yeah. fuck you, I listen to, like, Nine Inch Nails and, like, Ministry yeah. and... <laughs>
1: I don't like <laughs> pussy
2: soft shit. Like, you know, you just did an yeah. asshole pose <laughs> dickhead thing that everyone does.
1: It's like, yeah, I listen to Michael Bolton.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you know. No. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it's like, I rap, rap. You know, I don't like fucking, yeah. Blah. It's all like that wanker poser shit yeah, that yeah, everyone yeah. has, man. Yeah. And so, like, because I mean, I was always aware of Depeche Mode. Um, mm, same. But, but like, you know, uh, like I kind of just remembered them as the I just can't get enough band. Yeah. I sort of, exactly. Like, I guess, I guess, like, knowing that as their big hit when I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, they're just, like, an 80s sort of synth pop band. Um, And then it was, like, when I got into this album, I sort of, like, you know, it was kind of, like, diving back through the discography and stuff like that and, you know, hearing stuff like, but not tonight and, you know, enjoy the silence and, like, was just, like, whoa, what the fuck have I been missing all these years? Mm. Like fuck and then you know like hearing like violator and you know ultra and stuff like that it's just like oh my god like fuck i love this fucking band and i mean like you know personal cheeses and all that it's like whoa like fuck was i a dickhead you know like, yeah um, well that's a funny thing isn't it like you when you
1: first when you hear a song early on like just can't get enough you kind of dismiss them straight away as that band and that song mm. And then when you start hearing some of the other tracks, you kind of went, oh, wow, okay. This yeah. Is, yeah, th- this band has more, more
2: than one flavour. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally, man, totally. Mm. Um, and I mean, you know, I think like, well, I mean, I know I know both uh, Dave and Martin have both sort of said like, you know, they have been in, like, you know, you, you, it's funny. It's kind of like a, a sort of symbiotic thing because it's like, you know, bands like Nine Inch Nails and a lot of the sort of new wave of, like, electronic, you know, synth-based, like, harder bands have always cited Depeche Mode as an influence. But then, you know, both Martin and Dave also said, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we've been influenced by those guys as well.
1: Yeah, um, rightfully so. Like yeah.
2: Gar- Gary Newman sort of said the same kind of thing as well. Um, and it, I, just, I think that's really fucking cool because it's like, you know, you – I mean, you, you get up to, like, stuff like, um, you know, uh, like, you know, Depeche Mode's like a, a Pain That I'm Used To and stuff like that, and it's, like, it's very kind of, like, you know, it's like, oh, I can hear the Nine Inch Nails in this. Um, yeah. Which is fucking great. That's not a slam on the band at all. I think it's awesome that they're, like, you know, evolving their sound in that way.
1: That, and, and that's the beautiful thing about this album. This is sort of... I don't know about you, but I feel like this is where it began for the band to take that real dark turn mm. um, that led into albums like ultra and um, just, I don't know. They, they just really, I don't know. created this new sonic template that you, around that time period bands, you, I don't know. I, I heard kind of similar vibes in bands like Porter's head and, yeah. uh, and the such that um, just, I don't know. I just found it refreshing in music. Yeah. And, um but I, I, I have to say that uh, Depeche Mode ex- just delivered it exceptionally well
2: with this effort. Oh man, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think there was always kind of that, um, you know, I mean, you, you sort of listen to stuff like Stripped and, you know, shit yes. like that, like early on mm. and there was always that sort of, you know, slightly more kind of sinister edge to it um you know even stuff like never let me down again um yeah you know there there was always that slightly kind of you know i'm hesitant to say gothy but i mean i guess it was a bit like you know for the 80s and stuff like that like edge to stuff but i think when it got to this album it sort of really kind of hit the forefront um yeah it did and you know because i mean it's like I mean, Jesus man, look fucking look at look at how Dave looked during yeah. this album. It's like he looks like Satan. You know? yeah. It's just like, you know, you, you look at him in the clip for I feel you or the remix for In Your Room and it's just like, ah, uh, hi there, Lucifer. Seeing <laughs> you here. Yes, he was all kinds of
1: evil, but his voice was well, something yeah, else. I mean, that
2: voice was just like, Oh, this is like Sexual chocolate, I mean, it's the, the look as well. That's like, I don't, look, uh, you know, I don't want to cast aspersions on anyone, I don't care how straight you are. If you haven't looked at Dave Gahan and thought, you know, if I had to, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. just saying, <laughs> <laughs> that, that dude, there's a reason why he is who he is, <laughs>
1: exactly, man. And uh, and and that and that's why you know when you listen to their new album now, uh, the new material that's coming out, you know they haven't really lost any touch at all, man. They've really oh, no, just—they
2: haven't lost this
1: of... This is a band that just gets
2: better and better and better. I think.
1: Yeah, and, have... that, and yeah, and that's why you know when they tour, man. Like, I think you'd have to be insane to miss this concert
2: because uh,
1: yeah, it'll be great.
2: Yeah, I I can't imagine this concert not selling out. And I was reading something uh, where like, you know, Dave uh, was doing an interview and um, he was saying that, you know, the reason they haven't come back to Australia that much is because they do put on such a big show. Um, And I mean, you know, if you look at their concerts, it's like, fuck, like, wow. Um, And they, you know, have sort of said, oh, we don't really get the numbers when we come to Australia. Which was fucking insane to me. I'm just like, who the fuck wouldn't go and see Depeche Mode? But then I was talking to a couple of people about it, and yeah. they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, well, I think a lot of people just consider them a bit of a novelty '80s act." And I'm just like, "What? Oh my god! Like, just fucking die in a fire? Fuck you! Yeah, like, <laughs> like what? Why would you? Yeah, like, are you insane? A novelty? Like, I mean, look, no shots, but it's Depeche Mode. They're not aha." Uh-huh. You know? yeah exactly it's not like oh it's that other guy that was in wham he's touring you know? <laughs> it's like yeah that's andrew originally he had that really good song shake yeah no he was the other guy in Wham. he had a song what, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's classic man i love it yeah so yeah yeah if, if you uh, haven't checked out songs of love and devotion by depeche mode um Oh, We're telling play, you right now, you're missing out. The album just and this don't... is, bro, like this
2: is one of those albums that you have
1: to sit down and take the journey.
2: Oh yeah, totally, dude. This is not an album where you just like skip through. It's just it is a start to finish listen. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, and and.
1: I mean, that's the thing, you know, we've talked about this from time to time on this show about the, 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 the concept of uh, the way we like to listen to music compared to the average person today who, who don't really take the time to listen to albums and invest that time and, and uh, patience to it. You know, you have to let the music get in your soul, man. And and that's what Depeche Mode <laughs> does. Yeah. It's fucking great. And um, yeah, like, when you hear some of the songs on this album, you'll just go, oh, wow. The boys were right. Yeah. Or, or if you don't, you're probably a Morrissey fan. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just saying. Uh... I had, I had to throw it in there somewhere, dude.
2: Mm. So, yeah. right. no, if, if, you, I mean, yeah, if like, if, if uh, I can't imagine, I honestly cannot imagine anyone listening to this album and not like, just being completely amazed by it because I mean, man, it's like this album came out 30 years ago and it might as well have just come out yesterday. It's that, it's that good, you know? Yeah. hundred percent, dude. It's, um, yeah, it's it's one of those albums that that sits in
1: the pocket as good today as it did, you know, at the time when it came oh, out. Man,
2: absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Mm. Mm. Another good thing. Um, Oh, was there any comment? Related stuff that you wanted to touch on for no, this week. No,
2: um, I'm just trying to think of comic-related stuff, and there hasn't. I've read a shitload of stuff. Um, uh, mostly stuff that can be. Uh, it's probably more of a, a rad mention stuff like uh, Radio sure. like Rogue Son, etc. Yeah, I did get a fucking bitchin', bitchin'. So worth the the money I dropped on it because I wanted to get it for ages. Uh, Moon Knight hardcover omnibus of I oh, saw that. Man, dude, it's so fucking good. Cause it's all of like the the sort of recent run from about what well, recent two thousand and eight or so onwards. So it's I like have majority of those run. issues. Yeah, it's all the Charlie Houston stuff mm. where he's all like, you know, Spectre's all fucked up and he's got the long hair and the beard and his knees are shot and shit and, mm. you know, sort of comes back from uh, the depths kind of thing. Oh, it's so fucking good, man. So good.
1: Yeah, I, I love that series when it started out early on because it, w- it did touch on all that stuff like Mark Spectre with the my knees are shot, you know, it, it basically painted the picture of an absolute fallen hero. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and you're like, oh, geez, this is off to a great start.
2: Yeah. Well, it's like the first issue is like, he's drunk popping pills and, uh, you know, it, most of the action stuff is flashbacks while he's sitting in a wheelchair all fucked up. And it's like, yeah. whoa, 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 okay. Where the fuck is this going to go?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of it, and um, yeah, I, I I can't wait. I can't wait to see uh, you know how how uh, complex the the rest of the new story of um Moon Knight continues to go. That absolutely made no
2: sense, by the way. I just want to <laughs> put that out
1: there. With
2: that, the thing with the guy in the play.
1: Yeah, you, you know the thing the, the, the stuff and the things you know.
2: <laughs> Um
0: Shall we move you into know, this you know week's? Is,
2: you know, what is freaky. Is that I? I just really want to use. Um, you know that that you know that Beavis and ButtHead episode where like they're working in the call center.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: I just I really want to use Beavis's I understand your frustration. <laughs> <at> my job. <laughs> like I'm dying to. I don't know, I'm the day, emotional.
1: bro. The day will come. Don't you worry. The dream is alive. <laughs> <laughs> It will happen. <laughs> um, let let's um
2: let's do this week's Freaky Friday movie. Yes, uh, yeah. Before we, because uh, next week I believe mm-hmm. we are off to Springwood, Ohio. Yes, to the uh the leafy streets of uh... Elm Street. The leafy yes. streets of Elm Street. <laughs> Can you tell I'm a professional writer? <laughs> yeah, well, they're like professionals and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand your concern. I understand your frustration.
0: Have you tried kicking it? Have you tried turning it on and (laughs) off?
2: I understand your frustration. But can you, like, (laughs) shut up and stuff?
1: (laughs) Oh, dude. Yeah, so uh, next week we're going to kick off another uh, dive into... Uh, a film franchise series like no other, and uh, one oh, well, of my absolute
2: faves.
1: Yeah, just, we're, we're just gonna take a slight detour from our current route in, in the streets of LA because yeah. we're currently uh riding shotgun in the uh the streets of LA and blowing buildings up and well, um, last last week's toilets. We were in, uh, last... <laughs> well, we're last, last week
2: we were talking about dominoes and blowing up yeah. toilets, but uh. That was a whole different mess. (laughs) Um, It really was. (laughs) uh, Well, well, last week we were also in the uh, the rain-swept streets of mid-80s Manhattan, and uh, now we're out in the boonies.
1: uh, We're going from one extreme to the other, dude, and uh, we're going back to the year of 1988. Um, A fantastic, overlooked horror film, much like last week's.
2: My God, yeah.
1: Like Maniac Cop, um, was an overlooked classic. Um, if you're a true horror fan, definitely you've got good taste if you've seen it. As much as you've hopefully seen this film.
2: Um, we are talking about Pumpkinhead. An absolute fucking jam that was directed by one of the <laughs> greatest special effects artists that has ever drawn breath on this planet. Yeah, uh, man. Mr. Stan Winston, God rest him in peace, please. Yes. Because fucking, yeah, like, my God, man. I fucking love Stan Winston, dude. And this movie to me is just like, fuck, I wish he'd directed more.
0: I know,
1: dude. I, I, I was blown away when I saw his name in the credits that he was the director. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what the fuck, dude? And it just made perfect sense for this film. It was, oh, um, man, absolutely. It's a great, it's a great fun film. I'll give you a quick um, synopsis, boys and girls, about this film. Um, basically, after his son dies in a hit and run accident, Ed Harley, played by Lance Henriksen, seeks revenge against the teenagers responsible, with the help of a local witch, and summons the vengeful demon. Pumpkinhead to hunt and kill the group of friends. But when Ed discovers a bond between himself and the creature, he begins to have second thoughts about employing the vicious monster and he fights to end Pumpkinhead's murderous rampage before it's too late. Yeah. This is one of those vengeance movies that just goes wrong.
0: Yeah,
2: it's
1: great. It's great. Um,
0: The
2: great thing about this movie is it's very much like, uh, well, I mean, you can't really say it's a horror take on it. but Because, I mean, you know, a lot of those stories were really horror. But Mm. this is essentially like a, a grim fairy tale. Like it really is, man. Like it's, <laughs> it is, it, it, it really is just like a grim fairy tale. Like it's a, a really dark kind of morality tale. Um, and it's, it's fucking amazing. It's like, it, it feels like this movie feels like it's got so much history behind it, but it doesn't. It was completely made up on the spot. Like, it, but it feels like a real you know, adaption of like some sort of deep South fucking American folklore or something like that.
1: Yeah, it really is because it's one of those kind of, um, yeah, like you you hit the nail on the head, man. It's like one of those fairy tales gone wrong, Mm. complete with the wicked witch hiding in the fucking, in the woods. Yeah. Uh, Well, not hiding, but you know, just in the woods and um, yeah, just the, the hillbilly kids, Talking about this, uh you know, taunting their their little brother about this this that pumpkin head's going to
2: get him and eat him, and you know, well, just the, the great yeah. thing is that, like, you know, you have that whole prologue to this movie, which, you know, is essentially like Lance Hendrickson when he was a kid, like you mm. know, Ed, Ed Ed when he was a kid. That like was it eighteen hundreds or something? I, I don't know. it feels like it's fucking Christ knows how fucking long ago it's like everyone in this movie looks like they're a thousand years old right (laughs) I mean Lance Henriksen I'm sure was like born looking 50 and he looked (laughs) like he was 50 for like you know from 1970 through to, like, you know, 2018. The man <laughs> well, doesn't no, age. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> but,
1: um, well, man. he's an android, technically, an alien, so <laughs> he, he possible.
2: I mean, Lance has just got such a great face. Yeah. Like, he has just got one of the best faces. Um, But, like, you know, that whole opening where it's, like, you see him as a kid and, like, he's, hmm. like, you know, everyone's, like, boarded up and, like, hiding because, like, you know... Someone's called up Shit. Pumpkinhead and, like, you know, Lance sees this fucking dude just get murdered by this fucking thing as a kid. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, whoa, what the fuck? Um, but, yeah, it's just – it's such a great movie and it's just such a great morality tale because it's like, you know, you've got, like, you know, these these guys, like, these these teenagers are, like – you know, dickheads like. <laughs> well, well most, most of them are like. There's a couple in there. Let, let's just... talk about these
1: teenagers for a minute. But I mean, <laughs> as a group of teens, I mean, we've now established we've got some experience in this field after our successful run through Crystal Lake yeah, and yeah, the yeah. myriads we, of we groups know, of
2: teens. We we know a group of douchebag teenagers. When we yes, do. we do.
1: <laughs> What's your take on this group of um, particular fucking teens?
2: Well, it's funny because it's like a lot of them are um you know the the lead guy uh what's his fucking name um the douchebag or the douchebag in the yeah. leather jacket let's just call him the douchebag <laughs> the douchebag i i can't recall his name right now senior um, douchebag yeah el el Ducharino. el Ducharino. yeah he's he's a fuckwit um mm. you know he's great a fuckwit clearly like a prize winning cockhead um But, you know, the rest of the group, it's, like, kind of just gets sucked up in his wake. Mm. Like, because it's, like, you know, he he fucks up. Like, his brother is, you know, his brother's trying to, like, do the right thing. But, you know, just kind of, like, it just feels like everyone in this group just gets pulled along in this one asshole's sort of Exhaust, basically. Yeah, like, you know, he's drinking. He's riding his bike like a fucking lunatic. Hits the kid. You know, basically wants to leg it because you know he's got charges pending back in fucking LA or wherever they're from. And um yeah, it's it's kind of um because it's it's kind of like the tragedy of this movie is that it's like you know you know you got Lance Henriksen's obviously like dealing with extreme grief over his kid getting killed and like just has this really this this movie is really about you know making shitty decisions uh in the heat of the moment and boy (laughs) does he make a shitty decision because it's like you know it's like heat of the moment you know these the, the, the kid gets hit like you know the teenagers run away it's like they don't try and stick around well you know most of them try and run away like you know a couple try and stick around and do the right thing Lance fucking out of his mind with grief because he's lost like the one thing in the world that fucking matters most. And like let's just stop for a second before I go on. That kid is so fucking adorable. It just oh, Right. Like, is he like Jerry like, Maguire kid or something like I that? I was trying to work that out. I don't know whether he is or not, but it's like that whole thing with him and his dog uh yeah, like oh my god, it's like when that kid gets hit, it's just and the dog's there, and you just like, oh come on, no.
1: It's one of those <laughs> shitty scenes where you kind of go, you can see it happening from a distance. You're yeah, like, you just you know oh, it's no. coming.
2: Like yeah, like, it's inevitable. You, like you, you literally, you're like going, okay, it's either going to be the kid or the dog, and I don't know <laughs> yeah. which option is worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, so, you know, Lance, like, you know, his kid gets hit by these guys on the bike, die. Like, you know, Lance makes this absolute fucking snap shit ass decision in the middle of his grief to, like, fuck it. I'm going to kill all these like, fuckers. I just, I want revenge. Mm. Like, you know, they yeah, he's his the, blood. Yeah, they, they took away the only thing in my life that I gave a fuck about. Cause I mean, he's obviously a widower. Like, he's out on mm. the, the boonies, you know. Owns a little, you know, has has his own little grocery store in the middle of boonies. um, Yeah, Harley
1: and son, and yeah, you're like, yeah, like he's trying to. He's a typical, you know, hardworking, honest fucking dad in in the in the sticks, man. I mean, yeah, they just killed his son. He can't afford to change the sign. Why? (laughs) No, no. Well, that's it. Paint paint ain't cheap out in the boonies, dude. No,
2: no. It probably takes two weeks to get there as well, unless you use
1: (laughs) dead raccoon or something, man.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) yeah. So, um. Yeah, like so. so I mean, yeah, you you got that. You got that bad decision. Then you know the kids like the douchebag like rips the phone out. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna like you know call an ambulance for the kid or anything like that." So it's like, oh, bad decision follows bad decision follows bad decision. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's like when that that's the cool thing is that like you know because Ed has summoned Pumpkinhead. You know, which is, like, this fucking amazing a monster design. Like, oh, my God, that thing looks fucking great. Yes, um, it does. But we'll, we'll get to that, no doubt. Mm. You know, that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, he starts immediately having regrets when he sees what this fucking thing is doing to these kids. He's like, holy shit. Like, oh, I didn't want this. I just really didn't want this. Like this is horrible. Like these kids don't actually deserve this. It was a fucking tragic mistake. Like what the fuck have I done? So, you know, he starts trying to help them. Like,
1: well, that's the thing, man, like before all that, like, uh, yeah, back at the grocery store when he meets the, you know, when the one of the the local families go to pick up their monthly supply of groceries, um, and, and you know, he overhears the kids playing that, that sick little game and he tries to defend the little kid. That's when we're first introduced to the, the myth or the legend that is Pumpkinhead. Yeah. So when he – fast forward to when he gets in the, the shit and he's out for blood, he thinks, oh, well, maybe this old witch can bring back my son. Mm. She really can't, but she can certainly help him out with the vengeance – yeah. <laughs> and oh man, that graveyard that um that he's got to go to oh, is the, something else, the right? Mounds
2: that he has to climb. Oh my god, man.
1: Like, it took me back to Pet Cemetery. I was like, oh man. Yeah, dude, totally. totally. Yeah. Um I was all kinds of in love with that pet that uh um, cemetery, whatever it is. And uh the
2: design in this movie, like the atmosphere in it, is just amazing. And it really is. I can't help but like see, I mean, and it's probably because he's worked so closely with him over the years. Like there's a lot of James Cameron influence in the shot design and lighting for this movie. Like, you know, there's like a lot of those scenes where it's like, you see like the silhouette of pumpkin head, you know, he's all lit in that like silver blue moonlight. There's shadows everywhere. It's very fucking Cameron.
1: Yeah. I, I was a, I was a big fan of the, uh, the the shooting of this and the lighting and everything. Um, it's a really well shot film
2: and it's a uh, fucking great looking movie, man. It is a, it is a great looking movie, uh, from top to bottom. Like it just, you know, that, that all, all that stuff where like Ed's in the house with his son eating breakfast and stuff like that, you've got all that, like, you know, really like golden sunlight coming through it it really, one of the things I love about this movie is that it really uses a lot of light to help set the tone and the mood and tell the story. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool. Um yeah. And I mean, especially like later when you get to that scene where Pumpkinhead enters the church, the burned right. out. Church. Yeah. Light. That was cool. Dude. I love that scene to fucking death. Like that is so great. Um, And just so kind of scary and iconic and cool all at once. And just so, like, gothic horror. Like, you've got this bombed-out fucking church that's just destroyed. You know, you've got this fucking gigantic, like, 11-foot monster, like, walking through it. you got lightning in the background going off that fucking horrible like cicada fucking sound in the background yeah. every time a pumpkin head shows up like yeah. sounds like a, a cicada fucked a rattlesnake or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just brilliant. It's so moody and just like wow. It, it's this is such a great movie man. And it, it always bums me out when people haven't heard of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those interesting films um, because it's it's much like movies like Maniac Cop and that, and that's why I'm glad we do this show and talk about these kind of movies because you know not everything is Scream or or uh, <laughs> you know, Elm Street or anything like that. Much as we're devout fans, we like to broaden your horizons and bring to light some of these exceptional gems that you haven't heard of, and this is definitely one that you. You really need to see, especially the talent of Stan Winston behind this as not only the special effects guy, but the freaking director as well. I yeah. think he really hit it out the ballpark with this one. He did a well, great job.
2: As far as I'm aware, Stan's only ever directed two films, this and another great movie that I absolutely love uh, that was done um, only a couple of years before he passed away uh, called The Death right. of Ian Stone. Okay, uh, which is a spectacularly brilliant uh, horror film that no one ever really saw. Um, Interesting. I, I, I only saw it on DVD when it came out, uh, and right. it's it's a great fucking movie, and I highly recommend anyone checking it out because it's very much, you know, it's it's typical like. The sort of caliber you'd expect from Stan Winston, but um, yeah, the script's a bit more complex than Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, great movie. Uh, really wish they'd done a sequel. Um, <laughs> but back, back to Pumpkinhead, <laughs> which they did do sequels, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of well, which I they, they seen. definitely did a
1: few. I haven't, dude, I haven't seen any of the sequels, and I'm I don't know whether I should or not. Uh, I, I think Force, I think Fiend, Force think one? I yeah.
2: think there's three or four sequels to this yeah. movie. I think there's there like is. maybe four or five in total. Mm. Um, I've seen one. I don't remember it that well, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I think the one I saw was like maybe number three or four. Um, right. But yeah, I haven't seen all the sequels. I do keep meaning to track them down at some point, but um, I don't know. I just, I just don't know how you could possibly top the original. Cause it's so good. Like it, it really is just so good. Well, that's right.
1: Yeah. It, it, it is that good. And, and, and like you said, man, like some of the shots in this, the way it's filmed, the lighting, the lightning pumpkin head himself. I mean, dude, this is a, yeah. See it to believe it. How fucking
2: good it is, man. um... I I think too, dude, like it's one of those great things where it's like, you know, you do sort of start, I think that's the genius of the way Stan tells this story is that like, you do kind of start out hating these kids. Like you think like they're a bunch of fucking assholes. Like they're a bunch of, with the exception of the chick with the camera and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. um like you know they're, they're kind of okay like from the get-go they're kind of they're kind of nice they want to do the right thing but the rest of them is just kind of like oh you're just a bunch of fucking jerks yeah But the great thing is that like stan makes pumpkin head such a terrifying creature oh, that, yeah. like you kind of start to feel sorry for him like i mean that scene, and you know the one I'm talking about where mm. Pumpkinhead's killed the chick outside, and he's tormenting yeah. those kids inside by pressing her dead face up against the window and yes. swirling it around. It's just like, oh dude, that's
1: that really was a brilliant. touch of brilliance, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's like,
1: whoa. I mean, some of the deaths in this were
2: creative as all fuck, dude. Like well, It's really cool. I I thought it was really cool as well because what that does is it doesn't just make Pumpkinhead like some brainless monster. Like, this thing's really fucking malicious. Like, Mm. it's got a whole lot of fucking intent and malice behind its actions, like, which makes it all the scarier. (laughs) <laughs> like Cause it's yeah. not like Oh yeah It's just gonna like Show up and bite your head off Or something like that It's like No It's gonna fuck with you And It's really gonna fuck like, with you Yeah And I mean that Oh my god That fucking shot In the closet Where it like Turns away But then it comes Fucking snaking Straight back <laughs> yeah. in It's like Oh man Like I remember the first time I saw that Like I was like Oh shit My fucking pants like, Yeah yeah, you know? yeah Yeah Like and I mean, yeah, man, just the, the photography, like, especially that fucking scene, that shot in particular is so good. Like, man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, I, I it was really beautiful, like, um, yeah, I wish I wasn't quite as brain dead as I am today because I'd probably be articulating um, a lot better yeah, I'm the same dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we apologize. You get to the end of the, this episode, we're just going to go, look, you know, too long. Didn't listen. Pumpkinhead's really good. You should watch it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs)
1: Pretty much, pretty much. But, um, yeah, we probably won't drag on too much, but I mean, you know, as we said earlier in the synopsis, um, Lance Henriksen, he's made a deal with this witch to, you know, seek vengeance on, um, on those who caused the death of his son, um, which, you know, comes to fruition, but then he realizes along the way that, that he is having a bit of a sort of a symbiosis of sorts with, with Pumpkinhead.
2: Yeah. Well, there's this whole thing. Um, like that's one of the, the great things about this movie is that there is like this really, um, Actually, if I remember correctly, I did read somewhere that Stan Winston based this on a poem. Um, yeah, I believe that he heard somewhere. True. Yes, um, but there is this whole uh, fairly rich history or mythology that's kind of hinted at in this movie, but never really answered. And it, my my take on it was that like whoever it is that summons you know this demon which is what pumpkin head is referred to mm. as like it's mm. a, a vengeance demon essentially i'm just like you know and as a kid i'm sorry i was just like oh i was instantly thinking like ghostwriter crossover yeah mm. that'd be mm. cool because <laughs> 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 you know it's the sort of shit you think of when you're a fucking yeah chorus, exactly like, comic nerd um but, no, I always, I always read it as, like, whoever it is that summons Pumpkinhead has, like, because, you know, the witch is all like, oh, there's a price to pay it, Harley. Um, and um, so I always figured that there's, like, you know, this sort of symbiotic nature between, you know, uh, the demon and whoever summons it. And, you know, obviously the demon comes out and fucking fucks up whoever it is that, you know, the person that summoned it wants to get fucked up. The, I mean, because you notice in this movie, like Ed starts changing as well. Like, he does. As, as the demon gets closer to, you know, taking out all the people it's meant to take out, like, you know, he starts, like, you know, his facial features start changing, like his eyes and stuff like that. And you kind of get the feeling. I always read it as, and I could be way off fucking base because, again, don't really remember shit. Brain dead. I did see half brain dead. Didn't see the second movie. Don't know what they fucking go into with the mythology. But I always sort of thought like, okay, the demon kind of like, maybe it kind of like uses itself up through the night and the, whoever summoned it would be the next body. It takes over. Yeah. You know, he digs this fucking thing up. Like the witch tells him to dig this thing up and bring it back. So it's like, well, maybe he, you know if you summon that demon like you fucking get all demonized and fucked up and shriveled up and you go back into the ground at the end of the fucking night and then next time someone someone's pumpkin head you're the body it uses which like yeah that. which is
1: a cool concept
2: i don't even know if i explained that properly <laughs> look it kind of made sense in a weird way, like, yes. it's like what of these these guys fucking sniffing Morrissey's
1: dead flowers? Or I think, like so. that? Oh, yeah, okay. I'm we're going to blame this episode on Morrissey.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've been we've fucking caught a case of the Mori. Yeah, Mori's <laughs> fucking with our <her> mojo, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking yeah, funny. That was, that was always my take on it. So I, I thought that, like, you know just the the way that, you know, Lance Henriksen starts fucking kind of, you know, mutating into an almost pumpkin head like creature by the end of the film. It's like, Mm. I don't know. There's fucking, there's, there's something weird going on there. And like I said, I think it's kind of cool, that they don't really answer everything in this movie. Like, no, I, I, I always dig that about movies like this, where it's like, you know, they've, they've obviously got this really, rich kind of fucking history thought out for everything and they just give you enough to kind of wet your appetite and send your imagination kind of spiraling off but well, they do the thing is like it? tell you everything because when they tell you everything it's kind of like oh yes yeah, i guess that's kind of cool whatever but yeah, yeah when they leave you guessing a bit, it's just like oh you know it's great fucking fodder for you know two overtired assholes doing a podcast like you know, <laughs> 20 or so years after this movie's been released. <laughs> no,
1: look, I, I think, um, I think it's really good because one of the, the great things I love about this film is, is again, it's a, it's a wonderful example from a, a, a exquisite era of filmmaking where we're blessed with practical effects. Oh dude, right. Like from the fuck. man himself and like, the glorious look of Pumpkinhead is just nothing short of the brilliance that you see the first time you've watched Alien, right? Oh, and you first man. see that alien, right.
2: right? Like, yeah, I mean, the like design... that's the kind of that's the joy I got when I first yeah. saw it, dude. The design on this critter is mm. just. It's one of the most original looking monsters. It really is. The fucking eighties and nineties, I think like, it's. I mean, it's Stan Winston. So it's like, fuck man, it's up there with like, you know, the predator, the fucking alien queen, the Terminator, like totally. It's just fucking cool as shit.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's definitely like, it's one for the, yeah, one for the highlight reel because I put it up there with Alien. I put it up with The Thing. You know, oh, it's gee. just masterful creature design. And, um, yeah, and just, where, you know, during the course of this film, you know, like Harley, Lance Henriksen's character, is obviously in a world of shit because he's realised that this thing is, you know, trying to take possession of him and, you know... The deal is backfiring on him at a at a very very um, bad rate, and um, yeah, it leads to a kind of a bit of a I don't know would you say an anti climax
2: of sorts or yeah almost like because it's like you know there's there's no big that's that's the cool thing it's like it it, it does really follow that kind of fairy tale sort of. Uh, you know, structure where it's like there's no big confrontation with the monster. Like there's no, you know, oh, we're going to blow the monster up or anything. It's like they get to the end of the fucking movie and it's like basically everyone realizes like we can't fucking stop this thing. Like this thing literally cannot be stopped. It will just keep fucking going and going until it's done its fucking thing. And then Ed sort of realises that, like, you know, if he gets hurt, like, and he sort of, you know, finds out by fucking skewering himself on a pitchfork. Yeah. Like, because he is connected to this monster, if he gets hurt, the monster gets hurt. So he essentially fucking sacrifices himself to destroy this thing and stop it. Um, Which is, you know, kind of like, yeah, it's a bit of a fucking tragedy really because it's like it really you know, is. His kids dead and now he's summoned a fucking demon and he's had to kill himself to get rid of it like yeah he- it's ultimate sacrifice really and and mm. it's it's quite interesting like uh you know how it all
1: you know from from bringing from summoning pumpkin head to you know to that final scene where the witch buries pumpkin head it's and it's yeah, it back into its infant form. It's um
2: Well, does she bury
1: Pumpkinhead Boy, or? does she? <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is this is the thing. It kind of yeah, this is where I feel like it's anti-climax of sorts because I'm like, Oh, is it Pumpkinhead or is it Harley? It kind of it's very open ended ending. <clears throat> and I guess that's why Yeah, there's a lot weird, of Woody there. Yeah, and I guess that's why we're left with these. Um, I think it's up to like Pumpkinhead Five or something, you know. Like that's, I, I kind of feel like that's why we've got you know these various sequels to get to bring a lot of those answers to the questions. Mm. And um, but man, th- th- this is hands down a, a banger of a film worth checking out. Oh, absolutely, and, absolutely. And it, it it it's it's great just to see. The douchebag kids get their just desserts from Pumpkinhead. Um, the the body
2: count is great. The, the gore is brilliant. Oh, oh my god, the creative of Bond kill chick is so fucking irritating. <laughs> I <was just laughs> yeah. say, like, I was so I was I, it might make me a horrible human, but it's like when she bit the dust. I was just like, oh thank god. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, like, like, a... it's the only time I was with the douchebag. I was like, "I agree, man. Shut her up."
1: Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, thank <laughs> fuck, that's over. Yeah.
2: But, uh, there is a absolutely fucking knockout, uh, Blu-ray special edition from Screen Factory of this movie. I was going to ask you about this. Yes. Yeah, it is really good. Uh, very much. Worth the buy, um, and is loaded with cool shit like a tribute to Stan Winston, nice, uh, featuring interviews with Lance Henriksen, uh, a bunch of the special effects artists, um, interviews with the producers, some of the actors, commentary with screenwriter and effects creators Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alec Giles. Uh, a bunch of featurettes on the evolution of Pumpkinhead, um, Lance Henderson's character, behind the scenes, a theatrical trailer, a featurette on the toys of Pumpkinhead, because there have been some fucking banging action figures. I may movie. have a McFarlane version, McFarlane toy The McFarlane version is fucking great, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. I always wanted to get, I've never been able to track it down for non-ridiculous money, but that big-ass motherfucking 18-inch version that NECA did. Oh, dude, right? Like, I saw that once at Chermside and was like, yeah, I'm going to come back and do that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fucking, uh, hundred and twenty bucks is a bit much at the moment. I'll come back and get it later. I never saw it again. Sold. Yeah. Last it's time denied. I saw it, it was going for like you know fucking nine hundred bucks on eBay, and I'm just like, it's a bit out of my price range, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Yeah, Good it's a... no the the yeah. Screen Factory Blu-ray is totally worth it. Very oh, highly excellent. recommended.
1: Goody, good, good. Um, yeah, as a yeah, and also um, one thing I wanted to ask you too was um, because I, I didn't follow it up, but the the score for this is great too, and it was very reminiscent of um, Hellraiser in many ways. Yeah,
2: man, absolutely.
1: Mm.
2: Um, I'm curious as to if it mm. is. Du, 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 du,
1: du, du, du. Who did the score? This is the quality of our professional approach. I know, podcasting.
2: right? It's like, oh, it, hang on, it, just let me fucking. You can really my, tell we're brain dead let, right let now. Me pull, let me pull my fucking Blu-ray cover out and have a look. Richard Stone did the score. Stony. I uh, wasn't sure whether it was uh, Christopher Young that did Hellraiser or not, but. Um, it is very reminiscent of Christopher Young's Hellraiser score.
1: Right. Yes, it is. It's very much so. And, um, yeah, I, I just think it complements the, the overall aesthetic of the film beautifully, man. Just the, the dark tones. Mm. Um, I love that transition that, that Stan takes us with from the, the joy of fatherhood with his, uh, you know, Lance Henriksen with well, his kid yeah. to the gloom and doom. Especially,
2: especially when he's driving up into the hills with, you right. know, his son in his, you know, son's body in the seat behind, beside him, and he's cradling it. And it just gets a little darker and a little bleaker the further he gets into the hills until mm-hmm. he gets to that, like, you know, fucking shanty fucking village that's, like, full of, you know, I don't want to be, you know, discourteous to hill people, but... yeah a bunch of fucking brother cousins, um, <laughs> you know, they're living in these like fucking dilapidated shacks. And there's like, you know, the place is fallen apart and it's dark and bleak and everyone's dirty. And it just like, you know, it really gives you a sense of like, this is kind of the life that Lance Hendrickson's character escaped with his son. Because, yeah. you know, they live down closer to like, you know, you know, closer to like the main sort of drag, and you know, there's a lot of light, you know, a lot of happiness there. And then, yeah, you get up into the hills, and everyone's just like kind of like all mm. filthy and surly and horrible. And you know, you just kind of get this feeling that like Lance losing his son was almost like the death of hope or something like that. And yeah, yeah, you know, he's just like, oh, I got nothing to live for anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, know, exactly. yeah, I could
2: summon a demon or I could come back and fucking live up here. Jesus, what a fucking choice. <laughs> you
1: know?
2: Yeah. So, then, fuck it. I'll go to hell.
1: Fuck it. But um I mean the, the the movie uh the movie's not too long of a stretch of a film to sit through. It's about no, an it's hour a nice, and a thirty.
2: Nice, yeah, it's a nice, nice
1: short, quick fucking yeah. you know. So as a beer and pizza movie, uh how does this one sit?
2: Oh, I, you know, I've, I've always kind of contemplated this is one of those movies that I've always wanted to fucking chuck on at a movie night because yeah. um I just think it'd be a really fun group watch if you're with the right group of people. Um yes. you know, if you're with, you know, some fucking Jamoke it's like, Oh, I don't get it. it's just like oh, fucking get out of my house. Um <laughs> I reckon oh man, you know, I reckon this would be a this would be a good uh Good couple of couple of six packs and a couple of pizzas. I think. I I think it. A fun watch. Like, yeah, nice. It's um, it's it's a good one. It's a good one. This was was also, man. This was one of those great video store discoveries for me as well. Like, you know, I think I yeah, the cover just for the sheer like, oh fuck, this looks fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, I love the cover. There, there was um I, the one re- the cover that I recall the most was the the photo cover of The Witch.
2: Yeah, that's the one I've got on VHS.
1: Yeah, yeah, that one really always stuck out to me, but um
2: but yeah, was dude, also a great cover um that had that scene where Pumpkinhead's like it's just the claw scratching the fucking cross into the chick's head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there was a great cut. Co- that was a, I think that was sort of an alternate cover, if I remember. Like I only saw it a couple of times, but yeah. And it was like you know, Pumpkinhead, a grim fairy tale. It's like, yeah,
1: what's this about? Like, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. This, this is one definitely worth checking out, and um, yeah. If you haven't got the, if you're one of those Blu-ray fans, this is um, as you've heard from Jakey himself, this is a definite must grab on the Blu-ray.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially for the Stan Winston tribute. Oh, man, yeah, for sure. And I don't even, I don't actually think, like, if you want to get this on Blu ray, you will have to grab it. Uh, you'll have to go eBay hunting or something because I don't think it's actually been released on Blu ray in Australia. Like, I think the stream version is the only
1: one to get. And if you're impatient and you're a stream fiend, just fucking um, jump on YouTube, there is a free version of it there as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great quality. So, yeah. Cause I don't think it's on streaming anywhere. No, no, it's not. So, it's, um, yeah. It's, um, it's good to know that you can go on a place like YouTube and find it. So, happy days. Um, yeah. You got any final thoughts going on this one?
2: No, man. No, I just, I just think it's one of those movies that a lot more people should see because it's just really fucking good. It's, couldn't have said it better myself, man. Well, well that's it's, it's a bit of an underrated gem, and um, yeah, folks should see it absolutely. Just to see how awesome Pumpkinhead is. Send Morrissey to your fucking house,
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, man, that's another one in the bag, boys and girls. And uh, it's uh, we've done a couple of one and done's, and uh, strap in for next week. It's fucking yeah don't close kids. your eyes kids don't fall asleep
2: whatever you do
1: yeah uh it's gonna Unless be you're a...
2: me cause fuck that I'm going to fucking bed <laughs> <laughs> fuck it Freddie, I'm too tired to fucking put up with you <laughs>
1: Freddie you'll be like trying to fucking claw you and you'll be like shut up I'm trying to go to sleep <laughs> But, 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 but. Yeah, come back! You're not life. even real. <laughs> but no, fuck off, come. Freddy. You're not a telemarketer.
2: <laughs> One, two, Freddy's. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> but no, join us next week, kids, yeah. because we are fucking diving into Elm Street, Springwood, mm. Ohio. Mm. And uh don't forget.
1: Uh, tuning into Rad this week we continue our LA blow up everything fiesta with uh, another dose of lethal weapon Radness Yep, and um, yeah man and at time of the Elm Street um, beginning of our journey we'll be wrapping up our lethal weapon run
2: we will and then we'll have to fucking work out what the fuck we're going to do on Rad after that <laughs>
1: Oh, we'll figure something out. We hey, always do. We always do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <Exactly. laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, man. Uh, fucking yeah. Get get those highlight reels ready, man. Because Elm Street's gonna rock. And uh, yeah, before you know it, fucking yeah, Freddie will be fucking coming for you, man. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be. It's gonna it be is. Good. It is. And uh, we promise we'll be more coherent next week. So thanks for hanging in there with us for this episode. In theory, we will.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: we, we make no
2: promises. <laughs> but um, oh, Fucking hell. We'll... Well, like, subscribe, and do the thing. Uh, yeah. around, tell your friends, encourage us, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, and leave us a rating even. Go that one step further. It just shows us that you give a fuck that exactly. you're not a morosite.
2: Yep. Mm. Yeah. Show, show, show us some love.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Till then, stay ghoulish, have a freaky Friday and yeah, it's uh, really... we'll see
2: you bright and early tomorrow morning for some we radness. See you tomorrow, guys and ghouls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. Let's get some sleep. Okay. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
0: a good one, see you later Mari, no more Mari. That's right, burp that Mari away, with uh, the feel good flatulating sensation taking over the nation. Available now from all good retailers and outlets.